Who can relate to the struggle of trying to stick to a strict diet, only to cave in and indulge in a guilty pleasure, leading to feelings of failure and the infamous I'll start again on Monday mentality? Ditching the all-or-nothing mindset in dieting can contribute to a healthier and more sustainable approach to eating. On today's episode, we are going to discuss some practical tips to help you break free of this mindset. It's going to be a good one, guys. Grab your coffee and let's get into it. Welcome back, everybody. Another episode. We're back. New studio, new episode. Oh my gosh, you guys. If you only knew. Let We're me under see. the gun. We are under the gun. And bear with us because I know I have to mess with the camera angles and the lighting and yeah, yada, yada, yada. It's a lot. It's late. It is 8 p.m. I'm usually in bed. I've been You're up since 4. By yeah. 8. I've been up since 4 a.m. And it's just that we're under the gun because we are trying to get this studio. There was a lot that needed to be done today. It's I'd say it's only about 75% there. Yep. But we promised that we would get you guys an episode. Yes, we did. So, we did. You committed us. Yes. Yeah. So I committed and here we are. So bear with us because we know this isn't going to be like the best of the best. But I feel like the sound is good. Yeah, sounds good. I can tell it's good. I like our new chairs it's too. I'm crisp. comfortable. Yeah, you're a little too comfortable. I think you're almost out of scene. You scoot, scoot a little this and move the mic with you. There you go. There you go. There's Better? Mr. Right. Mr. E. He he's practically taking a nap in his chair over there. I'm good. I'm comfortable. We got new be, chairs, you I'm guys. Comfortable. We got all kinds of fun stuff. So this is a yep. welcome to season five. Season five. This is season five, episode four seventy eight. Here we go. And we are broadcasting live from Studio B. Yep. You guys, this studio is so cool. And just to let you know, this is not the only place we're going to be doing episodes out of our scene. We have multiple different like scenes in the same studio. So you don't get too used to this particular vibe because it'll be switching up depending on what kind of show we're having. Yes. And uh, we do have a monitor that's going to be up here, but... Didn't get that going in time, but that's okay because we're here. We you committed it. us and we made it. I'm still in my gym clothes. This is ridiculous, but I love it. We just got our panels put up. Yeah. Man, we just literally a couple hours ago. Yeah. it's I've been nonstop. I feel like I'm going on adrenaline. It's crazy. Yeah. But when it's fully done, I will do like a full studio tour for you guys to see because this place is freaking cool. And I'm really excited because I like the sound. I can tell I like the sound. You happy? You guys know I'm weird about the sound. It needs to be high quality sound. Yes, it does. It's crisp. It's crisp. It's high quality. Listeners got to be able to hear us. Yeah. Huh? The listeners have to be able to hear us good. Oh, yeah. It's important. And I wanted to let you guys know that we will be live. We will have another live episode next Friday, January 12th, 5 p.m. Pacific time. Here on YouTube, join the conversation, you guys. We had so much fun on the last episode. Yeah, it was cool, huh? We had so much fun. Like, I loved it. And we're going to be live here from Studio B and in a little bit of a different scenery here. So you guys will enjoy us. That's going to be a new routine for us. We're going to try to do it once or twice a month. And then we're going to go out for date night after. Yep. So 5 p.m. Pacific time. Mark your calendars and join us. Get your questions ready because it's not a structured episode. No. It is just answering what just rapid fire. You ask us, we answer. Yeah. We're just going to flow with it. We just go with the flow. Sometimes you just got to flow and wing it and that's it and have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Didn't you love it? I think yeah. I, I honestly think that might have been my favorite episode of all time. Yeah, it was cool. I had a good time. Yeah, it was Everybody a lot of fun. was interacting with their questions and whatnot. So you guys, please, we need more than ever some rates, reviews, yes. share, subscribe, comment, all the things. We need it. And we'd really appreciate it. I wanted to thank, let's see, Sissy1204. She left us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and says, I don't use any other social media platforms besides YouTube, and this podcast has me hooked. Janine and Mike are so real, humble, and unapologetically honest, which I love. I watch them on my way to and on the way home from work, and I have learned so many valuable life lessons while being entertained. 
I want to truly say thank you both for taking the time to be so transparent and authentic. And please never forget, you both are appreciated and are so inspiring, even to us in our late 20s, almost 30-year-olds. Hugs to you from Florida. Hey, thank you very much for that. Thank you. What a nice review. Yes. That's so nice. I really appreciate it. We do. All right, you guys, moving on to the hot coffee topic. Do I have any fans of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City out there? Because, man, that show is so good right now. And I just, I wanted to talk about it. I know you're not a, Mike does not watch it, but I do vent to him about the show. But there is a new person on that show, and I was all proud, this this new person. She's half Portuguese, half Colombian, actually. But they revealed, and teaser alert if you guys, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, but they revealed that she is, she's a cast member on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. And she was a troll account on Instagram for four years trolling the cast before she became a cast member. Yeah. Like a, like a anonymous troll account and they figured it out. Busted. And now she's cast on the show trying to be all friendly with them. And she is a frenemy. Like she was feeding stories to the press and lies and horrible things about these people. That right there, you guys should tell you, be careful who you share your information with, especially your closest friends. Yes. A lot of times they're frenemies. This uh, friend of me, I had what I wrote down here. That's why I wanted to bring it up because I figured, you know, many of you probably don't watch that show, but it just made me think like she's toxic. Like you have to be, you have to really audit your circle. You do. You've said that. You got to be careful what you share too. You have to be careful because you have to remember people on their darkest days or their jealousy. So she might be getting information from a friend and then using that against them anonymously behind a troll account. Yep. That That's is, how it always is. That is toxic. Yeah, you got to be careful, you say. They're, they're always their best behavior when they love you. You're a good standing, but something goes bad. There's a little rift. Yeah. Then, man, they got all the dirt on you. Yeah. Because you share too much. And then all of a sudden, all of your deepest, darkest secrets are out there for the world to see. Yep. Can you imagine? In reality TV, that's what I don't. That's what thing I don't like about that sh- those shows you watch because I notice that these ladies all snake each other and throw each other under the bus and bust each other out. And it's just a, just a dirty game yeah. for ratings. It is. And this girl, obviously, she was jealous. She was like jealous of these cast members, so she wasn't a part of the show, but was in their circles. Yeah. So she was jealous. So she was trolling them anonymously. What a coward. She's toxic, though. She had an 18-month affair with her brother-in-law. She has a toxic relationship with the mother. She has a toxic mother, too. They're just, And yeah. I think you told me, I think I, I caught an episode with you, a part where it says, I don't know what this is like. I don't come from money. So right there, that says a lot. Like, when you don't come from money and other people around the people that do. So it's like a spark of big jealousy because yeah. you don't. Jealousy is just a very ugly trait. Oh, my God. We shouldn't have been born with it, humans. It is a horrible trait. Sadly. Terrible. It is terrible. Horrendous. Terrible. All right, you guys. Moving on to the hold my coffee. (laughs) Got a comment on one of my full days of eating videos that I did actually at the beginning of when I was trying to lose my menopause weight gain that I had gained. You guys know if you haven't, I had gained 15 pounds earlier this year in menopause snuck up on me when I finally stepped on the scale was 15 pounds. And so I was documenting like full days of eating. And this person commented on an old, an older video, but she commented two days ago and said, you are already thin. Why are you eating in a deficit? One of those. And it just bothered me because first of all, I had gained 15 pounds. So whether you find me thin or not, I was personally 15 pounds heavier than I'm comfortable with. Yep. Okay, that's one thing. I had also, unbeknownst to you, because you don't know just by watching someone's 60-second video anything about why they're doing what they're doing, but I had gained that amount of weight in kind of a short period of time. So is do people think that I should wait until I'm? it's a problem before I do something about it? It's like, I can't eat in a deficit to at 15 pounds. No, because I'm still thin. So should I wait till it's 50? Pretty much. 
That's what that, makes does people, that make sense? Th- that's what makes people feel comfortable, I think, for some reason or another. They, ha- they feel entitled to always have an opinion of something that doesn't even matter but to them. But this is why there's a, an obesity problem, to be honest, because you wait too long to get control over it. Yes, exactly. And I'm telling you right now, you guys, beyond the shadow of a doubt, I could be an obese person. I was an obese person, but I'm saying I could again. It's not out of the realm of me. It's possible. Yeah. Because of my tendencies. Yes, I have a a very large appetite. I love food. And I do have to monitor and reel it in by going into a deficit here and there so that I don't let that happen again. It has happened once in my 20s, right? But I also struggled with it as a um, child. There were times when I was overweight as a child too. Oh, makes sense. So it's just an ignorant comment for people to say that. Like you should not wait till you're obese to do something about it. That's a bad... That's practically what that person is saying. So should I wait till I'm 30, 40, 50 pounds, then do something about it? When is it okay? Yeah. Does that make you feel comfortable if you're listening? Like when is it okay? 20, 25, 30, 50? Yeah. I don't know. Everybody's norm is not the same. Right. You know what I'm saying? We all have different norms. We all have different standards. Mm -hmm. For, For us... We hold ourselves in a high standard. I've been obese too. I've been way overweight. So yeah. I know what that's. And you know what also I think is important for people to, it, it, comparison is a thief of joy, right? You shouldn't compare. I think sometimes what it is, someone might be seeing that I'm trying to lose weight and I'm at my weight, but they're looking at me and thinking, but I wish I was your current size. Yeah. So I get that. You should never compare yourself to somebody else though. So what's thin for you is not thin for me. Exactly. And what's an improvement for you and what you would love to be, maybe that's different. That might be my before and vice versa. Like it's just, it's all relative to you. That's why you shouldn't compare yourself to somebody else. Yep, exactly. We all have different standards, different norms we want to be at, different mindset. Yeah, you know? different levels too. It's, levels. If you have somebody who is just starting out in their career and they get their first job and they're making $50,000 a year, out of college or something, they're like, oh my God, they're celebrating 50,000. But you've got somebody else who has been working for a while and they they only make 100,000. They didn't get a more than a 10% raise that year or whatever. And they would think 50,000, that's crap. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's all yeah. relative. Exactly. It's relative to the person. So you should never compare yourself to others. But yep. I get those comments a lot. And I obviously I did lose the weight and I'm not still not too thin. <laughs> you, you're not where you want to be and that's okay. Everybody's norms is not the same. Our standards are all not the same. We all have different levels we're trying to hit. Yeah, it's true. So I, and I do think and feel that comments like that come from their, it's their own uncomfortable. Usually with me. Exactly. Yeah. Because if I post my before and after videos or something, People always make the comment like, but you looked better before or you looked good before. What's the problem? They're not really saying that based on my photos. They're saying that, but wait a minute, that's her before and I want to be that. Yes. And I get that because there were, there was a time, I, I get that because let me explain. There was a time that my current before I would have given my right arm for. Yeah. But it's. But you have, it's levels. But when you're obese, when I was obese, that was a different ball game. Exactly. So that was thin for when I was heavier. Yep. It's all relative exactly. to your own. Yes. Anyways, I I don't know. Probably triggers some people with that. What though? People just don't understand. You're very vain. Your mindset. You're a fitness competitor. You compete in a show. You know what you're capable of. It, and it has nothing that. to do with anybody else. Is what no, I'm trying to say. Nothing. I do not walk around and look at other people and think they should be my size. They should have my, they should have muscles. I do not. I think that everybody needs to be what is, makes them happy. And what you just said, it's because I competed. Yes. Because I saw where my body could go that now it just, I have different standards for myself. But again, myself. Exactly, yourself. I do not hold my standard to other people. And I do realize that for most, it's not something they aspire. That's like not a level they would want to get to or think they could get to. Yep. 
Exactly. It's just because I've been there, and that's the reason why. Yeah, there's a reason why you got there. Willpower. Yeah. Anyways, moving on to happier things. Comment Corner. Veggie Chick 6215 says, I love how you both are as genuine and honest live as in the pre-film podcasts. That was like the best compliment. That was dope. To say that yeah. we're the same live in our yeah. live show. Yeah, we're, we don't really, we talk about things, but we're not like scripted. We just flow. Yeah. And yeah. I just, I just feel like I'm happy that came through. Yeah, that's a nice compliment. Yeah. All right. Next one is, it's a user, lots of letters, but it's up on the screen. Hello from Canada. Really find blessed because I got a channel which is going to change my life from now on with great concept of motivation. Thanks a lot for your hard work. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Next one. Kaylee3927. I've been a longtime viewer of you, Janine. Love all of your vlogs. I have a random thought and question perhaps you can speak about, not fitness related. I just got my first puppy for this new year and I'm having some serious puppy blues. Any advice on crate training, potty training, and just creating a schedule? She is a multi-poo just like Phoebe. Any words of encouragement would be helpful. I feel like I've made a mistake taking her and I really want this to work. I, I loved this question. First of all, Kaylee, I actually almost named my daughter Kaylee the same spelling and everything that you have here. But at the last minute, my husband poo-pooed it at the time. My husband at the time. But yeah, she was going to be a Kaylee. Tyler was going to be a Kaylee if he was a girl. So then oh, when wow. I had a girl, I was going to name it Kaylee. But anyway, she's Alyssa. But what you puppy blues is a thing. It's normal. It is because it is just a big shift in your life. Yep. And you're not true. You don't get that bond immediately. Like it takes time Yes, to does. kind of form. I think about when you get a new puppy, I hate that first part. I, I always yes. talk about, it. I don't like the first few months. It's like, it's exhausting. You're not fully attached yet. They don't fully love you yet. You don't know each other's nuances yet. No. So the, what you're feeling is normal. I went through it with Phoebe. I went through it with Charles as well. Yeah. And the, it, you have to know that it's going to be rough in the beginning, but you have to stick to a schedule. Yes. And that will be brutal for a few nights because right now, if you're struggling, you're probably giving in or not having much structure because you're trying to keep the puppy quiet or you have to let the household know, let everyone know, hey, just bear with me. Because I got to make this happen and you got to get the puppy on a schedule. So first and foremost, crate train, 100%. Yes. Have a crate that is small, okay? Biggest mistake people make is their crate is too big. Yeah, you don't want to have bathroom accidents. They should only be able to stand up and they need to be able to turn around if they need to turn around, but it should be tight, okay? Get them on a schedule. Put them in that crate. At the bedtime that you want, your schedule, not their schedule, you create their schedule, put them into a bedtime that you want to go to bed at night and you do, you stick to it. And obviously when they are puppies, you have to take them out for however many weeks, however many months they are, that's how many hours they can go. Yeah. So if you have a two month old puppy, two hours, every two hours out of the crate, you got to take it outside, wait till it goes potty back in the crate. It sucks in the beginning. It sucks. It's tough. And you have to, and you have to do that until it's, then it's three hours, then it's four. They'll, they'll start to let you know, because if you have a small enough crate, they will not pee in it. They'll whimper or get up. Yeah. So you have to keep the crate nearby you. What I did is I put Phoebe in right next to me in the bedroom and I would get up and take her out to the bathroom and then put her back. You got to do a, a sleep schedule and a food schedule and just know that it gets better. And some dogs like Phoebe actually acclimated to the schedule pretty quickly. She did. She did. But the first few nights were torture. The yeah. first week I had her was torture. Yeah, it's always tough for the puppy in the beginning. Trying to get acclimated, get that schedule, taking them out to the bathroom. And females are harder than males, man. They take their sweet time going and, to the bathroom. And little dogs. Ay, ay, ay. I feel like little dogs yes. are harder. Pain in the butt. But it's worth it. And you'll think, man, I can't wait till she just settles down or can lie down because she's going to be playful. She's going to be not <clears throat> just going crazy. 
and it's worth it. And it, before you know it, they'll be settled into your routine and your life. And it'll be, you'll be so happy you stuck it out. Oh yeah. Trust me. Think about the long haul. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so do you want to, we were listening to a podcast. I want to touch on it a little bit about with Andrew Huberman and he was going over the coolest thing. There's a lot of new information out there about, do you want to talk about it at all? Do you remember the word? Anterior, anterior. Mid cingulate cortex. Anterior cingulate cortex. Yes. Is it the anterior mid cortex or just anterior cingulate cortex? Anterior cingulate cortex. Yes. So it is, there's studies that show, and there's so much data about this that shows that when we do hard things we do not want to do, our anterior cingulate cortex grows. Yep. It is almost like a muscle, like a willpower muscle. That's what exactly what it is. And there's so much studies and so much data that show that the people that live the longest have the largest anterior cingulate cortex. Yes, I know it's a hard word. (laughs) And they have the largest one. So it's proven that the people that continuously challenge themselves and do hard things live longer. And there was also a a study that showed that people who who suffer from obesity had a small anterior cingulate cortex. Yeah, because they give in to their wheels. They don't have willpower. Yeah. They give in to their cravings. They don't and, have a, a and note. It's, and it's dynamic. So it just it grows, but it can shrink. Yep. So it could be you could be on a good rhythm, but then if you just fall off that rhythm and start giving in to your vices yes. and, and skipping the workouts and everything, yep. it'll shrink back. And that's why it makes it harder to rev back up again because your anterior cingulate cortex shrunk. Yes. I said I like the way Joe Rogan said it today. I was listening to him in the rock. Don't let that slide get too far away from you. Because once you let that slide go down, it's hard to get back up. Yeah, it's isn't tough. that's like with the weight thing we were just talking about. That's yep. exactly why you keep it tight. You don't let it go too out of control no, because then no. it's really freaking hard to, to reel it back in. Yep, especially like during the holidays, how we you preach, don't let it get out of control. Don't let it get away from you during the holidays. Because it's hard to reel it back in. Yeah. It is. Exactly. Even a day off my game, it's hard for me to reel it back in. Yeah, yeah. Training, eating, all that. And, and every day, it starts all over. It's a brand yeah. new day. So the lesson is you have to do the hard things. You must. There's you no must. way around it. There's every no way around it. day, you have to do things that you do not want to do. Yeah, that's why it was exciting when Andrew Huberman had this conversation. He saved that for David Goggins because David mm-hmm. Goggins does the hard things. Do you think he wants to run a marathon every day? He stares at his shoes sometimes for a half hour, but then he does it because he knows he must. I fight cold showers every morning like, oh, man, it's going to be cold. This is going to suck. But I do it because it's hard. Yeah, and I think that people look at us sometimes and they think it's easy for us. Yeah. No, it's not easy. No, it's not. No, we it's do not. hard things. Yes. Every day we do hard things. I didn't want to work out today. When I have a project going on, I get tunnel vision on that project and I don't want to do anything else until I complete that project. I have this problem about me. I didn't want to work out, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get it in. I'm going to get in there. I'm going to get it done so that I can work on my project. Yeah. And every day starts fresh. New, just because we got it done today, okay, what about tomorrow? We don't know how we're going to feel. Maybe we're not going to be motivated. Every day you're not motivated. You just do it. It's just mm-hmm. part of your regimen. You do it. You just know you, you just have to do done. it. You have to do it. It's That's a non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. It's about That's setting it. non-negotiables. Yep. And I feel like mm-hmm. you train yourself to do hard things. But the, unfortunately, many people have gotten just really comfortable. Too comfortable. And and you're, mess. And just know that every day that you're comfortable, every day that you are not doing the hard things... Your anterior cingulate cortex is shrinking. Yep. And ultimately, it could lead to you not living as long of a life. Yes, that's true. That's facts. That's why you notice some people have the willpower to live. That's what it's from. Some people have that will to live. Because I, I said that about my father, like after my mother died. I wasn't sure if he was going to have the will to live. The guy's going on 10 years. And he told my brother the other day, I still want to live another 10 years. He has the will to live. Because he, and he does hard things every day. Yes, he has to walk to the senior center from his house to the senior center, about three city blocks in San Francisco with a walker. And that's hard. Yeah, of course it's hard with a walker. But he does it. And that's why those things are what's keeping him alive. Yes. He could be in his bed, comfortable, and say, you know what? I'm at the end of my life. I'm broken down. I've had strokes. He survived all that. But he has the will to live. He has the will to go on. Yeah. So that's why some people have the will to live and some don't. Some just fall off. 
I think it's fascinating. And I just think it's a really good reminder that you have to do the hard things in life every day. People, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to, I don't want to have to skip this or not participate in well, the, the potluck. Well, it takes or, a lot of my time up. Or yeah. I don't have time. No, those are just excuses. Mm -hmm. Those are you not having willpower. You're just giving yourself an out. That's the problem. Yeah. You have to make it non-negotiable. Yeah, stop. And even like the littlest things, not even just fitness, nutrition no. related. I'm nope. talking about the other day when I went to go pull down my Christmas stuff, I went to take down the first ornament. I go, I do not want to do this right now. I don't. But I did it anyway. And now I know that day my anterior cingulate cortex yeah. grew. Yes, for sure. <laughs> but every day it grows because I do things I don't want to do every day. So it's, yes. a, it's a lesson for you guys yep. that ask yourself, what am I going to do today? that I don't feel like doing, but I know I need to do, and I know that yep. I'm going to grow because of it. Every day, ask yourself that. That's a new task for you guys. Fact. All right. So now let's get into how to ditch the damn all or nothing mindset. Because let me tell you, this is the most common obstacle that I deal with my clients is they go all in and then one little hiccup and then they have a hard time getting back on track. Yeah. It really does. It makes the difference. It's the end all be all on whether or not you're going to make sustainable lifestyle changes. You got it. You cannot make permanent sustainable lifestyle changes with this mindset. No, you cannot. Not at all. Some of the stuff we've talked about a lot at nauseum, but this is the stuff that makes you get rid of that all or nothing mindset. And you've probably had it for a long time. I want, I also want to just confirm Maybe you don't know if you have an all or nothing mindset. If you are a yo dieter, that's an all or nothing mindset. Yes, yo yo that's dieter. True. You're on, you're off. You're on, you're off. There yep. should be no on and off. You should just live in such a way that you are making good choices 80% of the time. You are just consistent. Always, always. The first and foremost thing you should do is you have to set realistic goals and you always have to have goals. It doesn't matter even if you're not trying to lose weight or whatever. You have to have goals. We as humans thrive on some sort of something to work towards. Yes. You can or you just get complacent and you'll fall backwards. So you have to have goals and they have to be realistic and broken down. So you could have big goals like we've talked about before in setting the New Year's stuff was you can have big goals, but you got to set them you got to make small attainable goals Yep. so that you can carve out those pleasure pathways in the brain. We are, we work on a reward system in this brain of ours and we need to have those rewards frequently. And the way you do that is by having little tiny goals. Yes. Stacking little wins so that you yep. can have little dopamine, dopamine yes, for hits. Sure. Building you, blocks. Yeah. Like I had a lot of dopamine today when I was putting this room together. Oh my God, it's coming together. Like, of course. It's like a little dopamine Your dumps. creation's coming together. Your little baby. Also, you got to focus on making, you talk about this a lot with your clients, focus on making gradual changes. Don't like overhaul your whole life overnight. No. It does not work. It's too much. It's just like if you wake up at 8 a.m. every day and you're like, oh, I'm going to be like Janine and wake up at 4. No. You're going to fail miserably. No, 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 okay? no. Can't do that. Look at me. I did it in phases. I started at 7 7.15, I used to have my alarm set at yep. 7.15. And then I went to 6.15, 5.15. Now I wake up just naturally between 4 and 4.20. Every morning, my eyes open. You used to think I was crazy getting up at 4. I used to get mad at you, actually, because you would tell me that I needed to get up at 4, and I would get mad. Yep. Yep. You would say, 5 o'clock's not savage. 4 a.m. is savage. Nah, that's average. I'm joking. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, so you have don't overhaul your entire life. All at once because it no, doesn't work. No, one step at a time. It won't work. Like people go gangbusters. You can't do that. Like what What did you, how did you, what made you decide to wake up at 5 a.m.? Do you even know? I don't know. I think I started, you know what? I took over for you started taking Phoebe out to the bathroom. And I think she started waking <gasps> up early and I got used happened. to it. That's Actually, what it was. She got us. That's so ironic that we talked about the puppies earlier today because Phoebe is what started my morning routine. I even told you. Remember, I I'd made a decision. I'm like, you know what? We're going to get a dog and we're going to get Phoebe and I'm going to yep. make myself wake up early. I'm going to change my routine when I get Phoebe. Yep. And I did. You did. I yes, stuck you did. to it. Yes, you did. And she's been, and she, listen, come four, between 4 or 4.30, that girl's up. Yeah. Whimpering. Yeah, she is. So we don't even get to sleep in if we wanted to. No, and I like it because it keeps me 
on the on a good schedule. I wake up sometimes before she's awake though. A lot of times, doesn't I'm up at like three forty five. Sometimes I wake up and I move a little bit, and I was like, shoot, she wasn't awake yet, but now she's gonna wake up because she's gonna see me move. Yeah, that's funny. Even Charles, the minute you, the second you move, Charles is the bail dog. Yeah. The second you move, this fool jumps off the bed, you guys. It's he annoying. He starts moving around. So when he does that, she wakes her up. Yeah. It's annoying because he Man. wants to like, oh, she's up. I got to run to the door. Yeah. I got to get up. Yeah. So we got no choice. So that's what led us to getting up early. All right. This next one is you got, this is a big one because I think it's hard for people to grasp when they're like trying a diet is you got to embrace moderation. You have to enjoy your favorite foods in moderation. Yes. Because it is not realistic to give up your favorite foods. No. Not even temporarily. No. Not even, oh, I'm going to go on a diet, so I'm not going to eat them. That's not, that's going to lead to all or nothing mindset. Yep. But if you incorporate them right from the beginning and is just in moderation, then it will help to undo that. That is correct. You just can't say you love donuts. You can't just go and give up donuts forever. You got to, in moderation, okay, if I'm eating... Half a dozen every Saturday or whatever, every four donuts. All right, let me cut back to two or something. Then eventually maybe one. Just got to play with it. Really it's good right now. Yeah, I know they do. Because I'm so hungry. Yeah, we haven't eaten in hours either. We're starving. I ate my oatmeal at 11. I haven't eaten since but look, 11. But look at the willpower we have. I easily could have ran off, got us fast food while we're doing mm-hmm. all this in eight. See what no. I'm saying? Nope, nope, nope. Why do we have that? Because we have willpower. Because of our interior cingulate. <laughs> Cortex, yes. Cortex. I got to lift this chair up and catch up to you a little higher than me. I just oh. noticed that. Well, you, you look, you're, I told you, it looks like you're taking a nap. Am I better now? Okay. Practice portion control rather than eliminating entire food groups too. Do not try to do any di- specific diet, honestly, because you're not going to stick to it long term. Period. No. End of story. I am sorry. Nope. So it does not help you ditch that all or nothing mindset when you do very specific diets. They suck. You're going to get bored so fast and tired of it black. Forget this. This is too hard. I quit. Yeah. Happens no. all the time. What is a failure rate of diets? 95% or some oh, crazy, crazy amount? crazy. I'm sure that there's a lot of people that started diets on the first. They're already done. Blew their diet. Finished. Over with. <laughs> Did you start a diet on the first and you already blew it? I want to know. Didn't even make it to the comment. weekend? Come on, comment. Let's hear it. Did you even make it to the weekend? I know. It's just because people try to do all the things. On the first, I'm going to no sugar, no carbs, no bread, no pasta, no more Starbucks. I'm just going to eat salads and chicken and, and broccoli and egg whites. No, you're they not. They have chicken and broccoli meal prep for the week. You're going to get bored so fast because that's not what you really enjoy. You really got to eat the foods you enjoy. You just got to know how to make it work. Yeah, so that so you have to adopt a flexible approach to your yes. diet. You have to allow yourself to indulge occasionally and you've got to indulge without guilt. Because you don't want to you don't want to perpetuate that poor relationship with food too. It's just going to no. lead you into like binge regret. Again, that's the same thing as you're dieting, same thing as all or nothing mindset. Yep. I exactly. used to have it, so I know. And so that I can tell you that you can fix it because I am not like that anymore. But I used to have it to where if I had something bad in the house that I started to eat and I ate too much of it, I'm like, oh, man, I just ate I just ate those C's candies. Shoot. I, oh, I blew it. I'm just going to eat the entire box of C's candy so that tomorrow I won't eat any C's candy and I'll be back on track. Negative. So how does that make sense? That it's a terrible that mindset. Because you just added a hell of extra calories right there. And I'm thinking that's any better than if I would have just spread it out. If I... Better to just spread it out. Just better to just be like, okay, yes. no, I'm done for today. I won't have another couple until two days from now. But no, I thought that if I ate the entire box, and then that would mean that tomorrow would be an on-track day, and today would be the only off-track day, as if it didn't mean any, it didn't get worse just because I ate the whole box. You know what I mean? It gets worse. Every calorie that you consume yeah. over gets worse and worse. It does. And it adds up to your total caloric intake yeah. for the week. So... You have to indulge. Now I can eat one or two C's chocolates and be fine. Or even if I go over my macros for the day, just because I went over, I'm not like, oh, I went over. So now I'm going to go gangbusters. No, don't do that. Yeah. Do not We're do that. We're all guilty of that. Remember you said you, you didn't even know it like years ago, even before you got with me, you'd be eating candies and be wrappers everywhere. Yeah. I told you I used to sleep eat. Oh my God. That's crazy. And you have to just understand that occasional deviations from the plan, they're not going to derail your progress. No. 
unless you let it derail your mindset yep. and let a, a meal turn into six meals, a meal, a one Friday night meal turn into the whole weekend. You, that's the problem. And that's what we're trying to avoid. Yep. In the grand scheme of things, one Friday night meal, like three months down the road and you look at your progress and you lost 20 pounds or whatever. And you're thinking like, wow, so that Friday night meal I had that night that like I ate 3000 calories, like it didn't impact me. Like overall, like I still lost the weight. I'm still here where I'm at. But if that Friday night meal set you on a tailspin, oh, I blew it so bad that you ate bad for the next four or five days before you could get back on track when the diet started back on Monday. Oh, hell no. You'll be way behind the eight You're just ball. spinning your wheels. Yes. You're going to do it all the time. Yeah. A lot of times people, they do good all week and then they undo all the progress from the week in two days and then some, and then they start again and then they feel like they're constantly on a diet but have no progress because they're actually gaining weight yes. because they're overdoing it on the weekend. Yep. And it's just all bad. Got to be careful, especially the weekends. People, get they crash and burn on the weekends for some reason. Yeah. And if you focus on, this is the, where the benefits come in to really learning how to create a plate and create a meal that's balanced and that is going to truly be satisfying because you will just naturally, the, the indulgences will be less and you'll have less cravings because you're learning how to satisfy your hunger hormones and satiate your appetite and all of that thing yes. by putting together proper meals. Yes. And so it's sometimes it's the little most basic things, just making sure that you have a fat and a protein when you're indulging in carbs. You yeah, always. That's a huge impact on the satiety of that meal and you'll feel satisfied and you'll be less likely to overeat. Yep. So something as simple as truly learning how to build a meal, this is why for my clients it's so helpful to at least start when they start out with a meal plan because it teaches them how to build a meal and how meals should be. Because sometimes when I have clients that go straight into macros, some of my one-on-one -on -one clients too sometimes, I'll look at their food diaries and I'm like, oh, they're not building proper meals, so they're probably really hungry. Yeah. Like a carb heavy snacks or something that have, nope. that you're going to, it's not going to satisfy you at all. And then you're going to be hungry and that hunger is going to make you lose control. And then it's going to be hard to stay consistent. And you're going to go into the, yo into the, the all or nothing. Kicks yeah. You got to look at it like your bank account, good return on your investment. What's a good return on your investment? Make sure the meal mm -hmm. is protein dense. Number one, always. Yeah. So fruits, vegetables, making sure I always say no naked carbs. No. So no carbs that have no, don't just eat like a bowl of pasta. That's super naked. Or even a bowl of rice. Don't eat a bowl of rice. You got to have, you got to have fats in there. You got to have protein and that's going to be much more satiated. A bowl of rice is going to make you more hungry after you ate it than before you ate it. Yeah. Remember we used to always talk about, I know it's not the same thing, but even sushi, we'd be hung, be full for that hour and then hungry like an hour later yeah. quick. Yeah, yeah, because it, it's, it's like not, fast digesting. Yeah, and it's not. Whereas something like steak is slow digesting, keeps you satisfied yes, for a long yes. time. It's also good to plan ahead. So plan your meals and snacks in advance to avoid impulsive decisions. I think it's best to at least know for the day, like what you plan on eating. Like at the beginning of your day, maybe you've had one thing so far, sit and figure out what you're going to have for the rest of the day. Look at what your day looks like. If you have meetings, are you going to eat out, whatever it may be, and plug it all in and then treat your food diary as a checklist. Don't log as you go. This helps people a lot of times that that tend to make game time decisions that are bad. If you're good with to-do lists, if you are my type A people that are good with a to-do list, this method will work really well for you. Yeah. Like I do, usually I'll sit down after I have my oatmeal. I have my protein bar in the morning, then I have oatmeal or whatever my first thing is. And I sit down and then I plot out the rest of the day and I treat the rest of the day like a checklist. You're very calculated. That's for sure. Yeah. Very calculated. That's your, which we just talked about, anterior cingulate, Cortex. It also talks about people. That yeah. part also, I've read up on it. Decision making, calculated. That's mm -hmm. you. That's, mm -hmm. that's you. They're using good at that. making decisions. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Maybe it's grown because I think I grew it because I've always done the hard things. Like I said before on here, I used to put my favorite candy on my desk at work and I trained myself to have one here and there. I would allow myself one. 
but I would stare at it all day long and I would get hungry or whatever, but I would not have it if it wasn't allowed, if I hadn't allotted for one. You were building your willpower. And then I would tell myself, I'll have one at four o'clock or I will have one when I'm done with this hard ass spreadsheet. I would, it was a reward system I was giving myself and I didn't even realize it, but that's important because we work very well on rewards. That's why Andrew Huber was so excited about this study coming out, like more and more data on it. He, he mm-hmm. said he like wanted to come out of his chair he, and he wanted to tell David Goggins excited. about it. Yeah, yeah, because it's now we understand why some people have willpower and some don't. Everybody can get it, but you got to work on it. It's like repetitions. You can't talk about it. It must practice it. You must do it. You can go to a million, like David Goggins, million seminars. You can read a million self-help books, motivation books. You have to practice it or else you're not going to get it, yeah. period. Do you it's not going to work. I feel like people in this Do day it. and age, they're consumers of information. Yes. And Facts. they're like paralyzed with, it's like analysis paralysis. Yep. They want all this information when you know what? You don't need a lot of information. No. Get a little bit of it. Don't know half of what you're doing. You really don't know anything, but just start anyway. People are so afraid to start something and fail that they feel like they need to gather everything and know everything that they never even get off the launch pad. Failure to launch. Too much. Failure to launch. That's the title of today's episode. Yes. Because Failure to launch. I notice that so much with people, even if they like buy a program, sometimes they'll like, even if they get macros and they'll ask a million questions, but what if this, and what if that, and what if that, I'm like, you know what, you need to just start and F up your food logs the first week or two, miss the mark, don't hit your protein, get to the end of the day and hit your calories and be way low on protein and learn from it. But you have to do that. You're not going to know everything minute one, day one. And if you're waiting till you know everything, guess what? You're never going to freaking get off the How long does it take to go to college to get a first degree on average to get your BA? Four Four years, years. right? Okay. You think you're just going to learn something you didn't macros like right off the back? Like you get so worried. It's not a grading system. The first month's going to be rocky and Mm -hmm. shaky, maybe even the first two months. Mm -hmm. But stick it out because once you nail it down and once you learn it, now you got the secret weapon. Ooh, the cheat code. But Trust you me. have to go through the suck of learning it and messing up and getting it wrong. And when I'm coaching you, being open to, hey, like my critiques of your food luck, like, hey, you might want to think of this or do that. That's okay. That's part of the process. Exactly. But you have to go through that. Don't be one of those people that watches a gazillion videos and then listens to a million self-help podcasts, oh goes to every talking seminar on yep. how to grow a business or personal branding or whatever, but you don't actually execute on anything that you learned. You are just a consumer of information. That's it. <laughs> that De- is it. That's what David Goggins said. He said basically in a nutshell what you just said. Like you could really? go to all these seminars. You could read my books. You could do all that. You don't execute, you're not doing nothing. You don't take action, you're not doing nothing. You don't practice it, you're not getting anywhere. Sorry. Yeah. So the person that they went to one seminar and they fell asleep after 10 minutes, but in the first 10 minutes, they got one nugget out of that seminar. That person that takes it and then goes and executes on it is better off than Molly Sue, who has been going to seminars and reading books and stuff for five years, but has done nothing because she doesn't feel like she knows enough yet. Yep. Like you said, analysis by paralysis. Yeah. It's analysis paralysis. A lot of people, and and if you're a lot of type A people actually can be like that. Like they feel like they need to know too much or know it all. I've learned for me personally that I just have to, you got to figure it out, but you, you struggle through figuring it out Yeah, and you make mistakes yes. and it, it takes 10 times longer and you learn as you go. And that is a really important thing to do. You have to just go through the suck. You do. And you're also building discipline by doing that because yeah. you're doing the things you don't want to do. It ain't just physical. It's mental, too. You're building your mental fortitude. That's what I say about people. You're so right. You're building that mental fortitude. Damn, I did this. There's some things that I did. I didn't think I was going to be able to accomplish. Like getting my NASA, I was like, oh, what did I do? Why did I sign up to this? But now I signed up. Got to do it because you signed up. Like, "Uh oh, the pressure's on and we both did it. Yeah. There's a lot of things. Like when I unbox some of this technology stuff and I'm like, oh, my God, what did I get myself into? I'm never going to figure this out. And then I just start and then I mess up and then I 
do it again and then I get better and then I figure something else out and then I watch another video and all of a sudden like the knowledge is growing. And then I think back like a few months down the road, I think back and go, oh my God, there was a time that I was petrified and thought I would never learn this. And here I am like doing it like no problem. Look at this podcast for instance. When we first started, we didn't know where we're going, what direction. This one just said, let's just start a podcast. Mm -hmm. Okay, what the hell are we going to talk about? I don't know. All right, well, I guess let's go. We just started yapping away, and here we are. And going I know on our fifth it year. feels like we've gone off on a tangent, but we really haven't because this is the same thing. It's all yep. or nothing, right? People think they need to know everything and have it perfect and know exactly what to do before they start. That's part of an all or nothing mindset. That's what you need. You don't need to do everything and know everything and be perfect at everything to get started and make progress. Let me tell you something. If you interview every billionaire, Success from Bezos to Elon Musk to what's his name? I'm drawing a blank from Facebook. Ah, Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, yeah. Ask all three of them. Put them in an interview and ask them how many mistakes did they make along the way? How many times they fell flat on their face and got back up? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's part of the journey. But yeah, that's another thing. And to to ditch the all or nothing mindset is let the setbacks be learning experiences. That's it. That's all it is. It's valuable. The setbacks and mistakes are actually quite valuable. They're learning lessons. They're learning yeah. lessons. They're learning curves. And you get over it. You don't give up. Yeah, and you learn from it. You don't fail. You only fail if you give up. That's it. You only fail if you quit. You don't fail if you get something wrong. That's not failing. Failure is quitting. So do not quit. And along the way, like I said, with the pleasure systems in the brain, you have to celebrate the small wins for sure. And just another like on the food tip, Allow yourself the treats. Allow the yes. treats. As you start to progress and you have allowed the treats, you're going to build trust in your food again. You're going you're gonna to improve your relationship with food because, wow, I ate donuts last Saturday and I ate an ice cream cone three times this week and I still had progress. And you're, you're not going to hate the ice cream cone anymore. You're not going to hate yourself when you eat that, when you look at the empty ice cream cone stick, you're not going to hate yourself because you know, you've built trust that, you know, you've can enjoy things like this and still have progress. Even though deep in your brain, you have it ingrained in there that you've never been able to do that before. And that is because before you had all or nothing mindset. So when you were eating that ice cream, you were on the nothing, meaning you weren't doing anything. You weren't tracking that ice cream. You were having three more behind it and more the next day and, and so on and so forth. When you start to correct these behaviors, you guys, everything changes. Yes. And it's glorious, Awareness. Honestly. Be aware. A client of mine ate two maple donuts yesterday, tracked, and it was like, look, dude, I ate it, logged it, hit my protein goal, and showed me pictures of himself today. Look, lean AF. And now he has trust. Now he has yep. no guilt about the donuts. Nope. And he Zero. doesn't feel guilty feelings about indulging in the donuts. Yep. He is, that he's improving by something like that. He's improving his relationship with food. I want you guys in the comments to say, to, to ask us this, or or how many of you I want you to say this in the comments. How many of you have had guilty feelings after you've indulged in your favorite foods and felt guilty after eating? I want to know. Yeah, I know I have, and I know you have, but yeah, I'm curious. In, indulged in, yeah, your favorite foods, and then you... And you feel super guilty after. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, what did I do that? Why did I do that? Oh, I'm such a loser. Oh, I'm a this or that. Talking down to yourself. No. You gave in. Okay, your willpower wasn't there. But how many of you guys felt really guilty after? I'm curious. Mm-hmm. I want to know. I used to feel that way. Now, not at all. Nope, not at all. If I really want something... I'm having it. I plug it in first into my food diary. I plug it in first and then I work my, it's like I reverse engineer. I reverse engineer my food diary and go, I really want this like apple pie a la mode with the protein ice cream that we have. And it's a little heavier for a snack or whatever, but I'm like, I really want this. So I'm going to plug it in. Yes. And then I'm going to figure out the rest of my day to make it work. Yep. See, that is the best feeling. That is the best feeling when I do it that way. Yep. Obviously, it doesn't always work out that way. Some days I just go, you know what? Today I'm just going to go over. Yes. Guilty right here. I've done it a few times on the on this journey. Yeah. But still had plenty of success. Yeah. And I'm guilty over the holidays. I dozed a little too much, but I pulled back. It's okay because this is a marathon. I did this, is not a, this is not a sprint, but this is a marathon. We teach longevity. Yeah. That's the thing you got to remember, guys. Longevity. If you're not competing or you don't have a show in mind that you have to get to or a certain special date, don't worry about it. Who are you competing against? Yourself, right? So don't worry about it. You're not competing against anyone else. It's going to be okay. 
Yeah. And I like to think 80% consistency is a good place to start, which means like you're, you can have five, six off track days per month. Just be, just remember though, if you don't have the all or nothing mindset, off track days are not that bad. Off track days are just, you're over your calories by 500, 750, a thousand maybe. But because you're not having the all or nothing mindset, the off track day doesn't turn into a 5,000 calorie day. Yeah. Careful with that because that, that can happen that really easily. Is a problem. Yes. Right. But if you're having it off, you know what? I am going to have in and out. It, it's it's going to throw me over. That's an off track day. If you're keeping that to five to six days per month and the rest you're on track, you're good and you're doing better than most. You're working out, you're getting your steps in, you're being active, your movement. Trust me, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Now, don't go twist our words around. We're not telling you to go out there and indulge like crazy. That's. You're going to have off-track days. That's just being realistic. No, but it's just don't let off-track days or moments, I should say. An off-track moment or an off-track meal doesn't have to turn into an off-track day. Yeah. You don't have to go all the way off the track. Just go a little off the track. Yeah. And that's what I mean by the all-or-nothing mindset. Celebrate your small wins. Yes. And remember how far you've come and always talk yourself out of that the guilty feeling of overindulging in an extra donut or a cupcake and know that it is impossible for this one cupcake to gain five pounds on my body. So, no, I am not going to lose my whole month's progress because I had this cupcake. So have the cupcake. Don't have the guilt. And start fresh the next day. But just remember... Having the cupcake doesn't mean then you go on to have a pint of ice cream and... Yeah, bag of chips. Don't go crazy. Yeah, that's all. That's it. That's so, it, guys. this is our first one. Yeah. Like in our new studio. Yeah. It's crazy. Thank you, guys. Hey, listen, we're tired. We, she's been going since since 4. I got up a little later because I, I was at the gym last night late, 5.30, but we're here. We committed and we did it and it was rough. But we're here and uh, we will be back on Monday. I was mm-hmm. almost hoping like she was going to talk us out. You know what? I'm just going to put, put a statement say we're not, we didn't make it. Sad, but you no. were. See, this is why it's good to have an accountability yep. partner. I'm not going to lie. Because he would have been fine if I would have done that. But because I didn't do that, I'm his accountability partner. Yes. And he still did the podcast. Yes. If you have yes. a partner, mm-hmm. it only takes one to st- to keep you guys strong. Yep. So as long as one of you guys stays strong. Yep. So even in, in all aspects of life, get yourself an accountability yes. partner or a coach. That's what, that's what I'm here for. Exactly. All right, you guys. We'll see you on Monday. Thanks for tuning in.